Welcome back to the Next Community Podcast. I'm Angelo Luciani along with Laura Whalen. Hi, everyone. Hi, Angelo. Hi, Laura. Our guest on today's podcast is Kanan Mutakarupan. He's an engineer at Nutanix, and he's also had technical roles at Facebook and Oracle. Yeah, he wrote a blog post, uh, an interesting blog post recently that we had up uh, called Adaptive versus Inline, Always on Deduplication. And in this podcast, we go into a real deep dive with some some of the concepts outlined in the post. So for those of you that enjoy the mechanics of engineering, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Nutanix Next Community Podcast. Today we're lucky to have one of our uh, one of the smart guys behind the scenes, though Nutanix has a lot of them. Our uh, guest today is co-author of Why Facebook Uses Apache, Hadoop, and HBase, and also the infrastructure behind Facebook messaging uh, using HBase at scale. So without further ado, uh, Kanan, and I'll butcher this last name, uh, Mutu Kupin. Uh, um, hopefully that was somewhat close. Um, Kanan, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and uh, let the people know what you're up to at Nutanix. Sure, Dwayne. Um, thank you very much, Dwayne, for uh, uh, inviting me. Uh, again, my name is Kanan Muthukarupan, uh, and uh, I've been with Nutanix for about uh, two years now. Uh, I mostly work on uh, Nutanix's uh, distributed file system layer uh, or our, uh, the storage layer. Uh, and I've been uh, working on a few different things, uh, one of them being uh, the data reduction technologies at Nutanix, such as uh, deduplication. And uh, yeah, prior to that, like Dwayne mentioned, uh, I was at Facebook for about six years and uh, before that at Oracle for almost a dozen years working on uh, server technologies, databases, compilers, and runtime. So, yeah, very happy to be here. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You were kind of in the, the linchpin of, of uh, technology at Oracle from an enterprise perspective. You jumped over to Facebook, which is probably the, the poster child for open source, and now you're kind of back doing a split between open source and uh, enterprise. Um, but yeah, I think you can one say of- that. Very true, yeah. Um, yeah, different different experiences, um, all good. Uh, enterprise experience at Oracle was amazing. Really, uh, you know, it's a great Oracle is a great um, company uh, that does software engineering really well, and yet uh, and still produces solid quality databases uh, year after year. Mm, and and the Facebook experience really uh, taught about working things, uh, working with things at uh, petabyte scale, putting the intelligence in software, and really using commodity building blocks uh, on the hardware side, like simple building blocks, and really scaling and def- moving all the intelligence in the software layer. And essentially, that's what attracted me to Nutanix because Nutanix is trying to bring that same goodness to the enterprise at large, whatever the big vendors such as uh, the big consumer-facing companies such as uh, Google and Facebook uh, are trying to do in their data centers, we're trying to make it happen for the enterprise at large, the concepts of elasticity and pay as you grow, starting small and then expanding based on your needs, thin provisioning and so on. All of those um, uh, goodness is what we're trying to bring to the enterprise. So I'm very excited to be working on these technologies here at Nutanix. You know, working at Oracle, I know they've, over the years, they've kind of rewritten their, their code base a lot of times. I think the code base at Nutanix is always shifting for higher optimizations, and we're kind of, 
you know, we have to do things differently because we're really trying to, we are using server server side CPU to, to do the work. So I think we have to be fairly careful of what, what we take for resources. Um, one of the main reasons having you on was the a blog post that you did about adaptive versus always on uh, dedupe. Um, can you maybe just share some of your thoughts about, you know, how, how or why, you know, why is that good or bad? Like I know from, from my point of view, there's no free lunch when it comes to deduping. If you're going to turn on that feature, regardless of traditional storage or hyper-converged, um, it, you have metadata and you have CPU and it has to come from somewhere. Yep. So, uh, great question. Uh, so just, uh, just sort of by way of a quick background, um, basically deduplication is fundamentally um, one type of data reduction technique where the idea is you try to find sequences of bits that are identical um, and we try to eliminate those redundant copies of bits and instead of storing those duplicate copies, we essentially store references to a shared copy. But this this process of finding these duplicates in a large address space uh, has both performance and resource trade-offs. And so essentially a good design for deduplication involves a lot of trade-offs. That's the first point to keep in mind. And those trade-offs, depending upon whether you're a backup workload to server workload to a primary workload such as uh, a server or VDI, uh, the answers could be very, very different. Just to give you a few examples, like deduplication um, is often done at some granularity. Let's call that like a chunk size. The finer grain you make your chunk size, you're more likely to find duplicates. But that comes with a cost. The smaller you make your chunk size, then all the metadata and system resources that are consumed uh, to process and manage your deduped data set can be much, much higher. Another trade-off is this often talked about um, choice between inline deduplication as well as post-process deduplication. As you can imagine, uh, just by the uh, uh, terminology, inline deduplication is something that happens as data is being written to the system. And essentially, you end up with the hope that all of the data is deduplicated. And inline deduplication is definitely something that's marketed really well. But it comes with, uh, but one must really understand uh, the impact of inline deduplication. Since inline deduplication happens in the critical path of the writes, we must be careful about not imposing performance overhead. And doing so for workloads that do not deduplicate well uh, can actually hurt rather than benefit. And, and so Nutanix has um, takes an interesting approach to uh, data reduction techniques, and I'll definitely talk about uh, it at more depth. Um, hopefully that kind of gives you a quick background on um, the choices and the trade-offs involved. Yeah, so from a, a workload from a workload perspective, there's some there's some workloads such as VDI that have like if you're doing full clones will benefit uh, a lot from being from being deduped just because there's so many identical bits from the OS. But then maybe workloads like SQL um, maybe don't have the same dedupe ratio because if the, the database is properly normalized, there really shouldn't be a lot of um, identical bits um, from the header. So I think 
how you know how do how does Nutanix go about trying to to figure that out whether it should be turned on or off or is it just giving guidance to the customer when to turn it on or off? <clears throat> sure. Um, so first thing to note is that uh, deduplication is is a lot more than just about optimizing storage capacity. It's really about optimizing across all the tiers, which is the and we sometimes refer to that as the performance tier and the capacity tier. But basically, we have to optimize across CPU consumption, RAM, SSD, and hard disk. So inline deduplication methods, which deduplicate all the data without really worrying about whether it's going to be beneficial or not, actually cause more harm than good. And there are many workloads where deduplication savings can be very, very low. In general, like, you know, it's very clear that in the backup space, by its very nature, because you're taking backups at some frequency, uh, the dedupe yield can be much higher. Whereas in primary workload, it, it tends to be very subjective. Some workloads deduplicate really well, but a lot of other workloads do not deduplicate as well. Let's take, for example, application server logs coming from a whole farm of uh, application servers or web server logs. These logs often would ha will have some timestamp at the beginning of each line. And fundamentally, they are very bad candidates for deduplication, but likely very good candidates for compression. Similarly, a well-designed uh, database application where is, um, is already pretty well normalized in terms of how the data is stored. And by normalized, I mean the deduplication has been done by choosing a proper schema. For instance, if I'm storing my email, I have designed an email application uh, whose storage is backed by a database. The application itself is the best place to deduplicate attachments um, and store them kind of in a unique way inside the database rather than keep repeatedly inserting duplicate attachments. And even internally, database blocks tend to have special headers and footers that don't lend themselves very well for deduplication. So, as you can see, there are a lot of use cases where there is not much inherent duplication in the data. So a system that is able to analyze that and only deduplicate those candidates which have a high yield will do much better in terms of being resource-friendly, latency-friendly on the foreground applications and so on than a system which always does deduplication brute force in the inline code path. And that's sort of the salient point that the Nutanix design is based on, is to do deduplication in the most low impact and resource frugal manner possible. Um, and we will both talk about how Nutanix uh, does it in a little bit more detail and also I can perhaps go into uh, the hidden costs of deduping the wrong workload. So it's really two parts. So maybe let's first start with issues that you can potentially have when you dedupe a non-ideal workload, right? And those issues extend far beyond performance penalties and higher resource requirements in the right path even the read path performance can be impacted when the wrong workload is unconditionally deduped. 
So, Kenan, what you know? What are some of the problems with you know inline D inline dedupe uh, um, in the industry today? Like, why wouldn't you want everything to be always on? Sure. Um, so we talked about some of the overheads with respect to you know searching in the large address space, uh, looking to for dedupe candidates and so on. But those are things that you think of as some somewhat penalties that uh, that you experience in the right path. But the penalties with inland deduplication extend far beyond that. So they they come in a couple of different uh, due to a couple of different reasons. So the first one we can think of is the data fragmentation and performance penalty for sequential reads. So as data is written, what would normally have been um, sort of a sequential write in the logical address space might end up getting split into lots of lot small references to existing matching blocks. And so now your data no longer has spatial locality. And subsequent reads of this type of data would turn into lots and lots of random I.O. While on SSDs, some may think that random I.O. is almost for free, but even on SSDs, sequential throughput does tend to be much better than random I.O. And it's equally true, and in fact, more so for spinning disks, where random I.O. will perform a lot, lot worse than sequential I.O. So that is that is one type of issue that happens with always a deduping uh, in line. Another issue is with read amplification. In fact, some of the vendors claim to do dedupe at really fine granularities, like for example, 512 byte block size. While in terms of capacity yield, one could argue that that is finer granularity is where you're likely to find most matches. But the disadvantage is even a small K read may end up resulting in eight up to as much as like eight random 512 byte reads. And a lot of the underlying flash drives, they anyway have a page size of 4K and that's the granularity at which they verify checksums and things like that. So this amplification and the amount of data read as well as the absolute number of increase, absolute increase in the number of reads to process a single 4K request can result in very poor performance. But so we so far we touched upon like data fragmentation and read amplification issues. But a third sort of often hidden or lurking issue with doing dedupe inline or in an always on manner is internal fragmentation and the work the storage layer has to do constantly compacting uh, the garbage that's left around. So think about the following workflow where you've got a bunch of data, it deduped, um, it, it was deduped at a fine granularity, but afterwards, the system overwrote, had a new overwrite to the same logical address space. Now, what what you have essentially done, most went, uh, most of the storage arrays will implement overwrites in an append-only fashion, like Flash likes append-only nature of writes. But in a sense, what we have created is lots and lots of small holes uh, in older live regions. So there's a lot of internal garbage in the system that eventually has to be compacted. So now there's this trade-off that the system has to decide. Aggressively trying to collect this garbage can wear out the life of your flash drive by increasing the amount of writes that needs to keep happening because of these garbage collecting 
uh, rewrites that happen that sort of compact the data from their older locations to new locations. But if you avoid or delay garbage collection, then essentially you're giving up some of the main benefits of dedupe, which is on the capacity front. You're just giving up space to these type of internal unclaimed garbage. So yeah, these are some of the problems that um, are sometimes masked away uh, in the initial discussions, but they surface much later in the life of a storage array. And that's what we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. On the last part, how, you know, that seems like something you wouldn't really see till like maybe you're running your your system for a couple months. Is there any way to to kind of see the effects early on in a POC if you're trying to figure out the impact? Or is it just kind of, you're going to have to yes. just find out I mean, the hard way? Yeah, for each of these, there are you know, proper ways to test them. Uh, for instance, uh, for data fragmentation and impact on sequential reads, we can just run some simple performance benchmarks and look at the sequential uh, read-write performance um, in, in different solutions. Similarly, most vendors perhaps uh, expose counters on both the raw usage as well as logical usage. And if these two counters start to drift, then you know that the internal garbage in the system is creeping up. So these should be pretty easy to verify and uh, evaluate uh, in a fair manner across products. Hmm. It's interesting because I don't think a lot of, uh, from an end user perspective, you probably don't get uh, access to that information, but it's good to, good to have in the back pocket. Sure. You, Absolutely. You mentioned, you mentioned chunk size as far as like what, what you're going to dedupe at and break down into smaller pages. Mm -hmm. how, how does the chunk size is there like one, is there a magic number and how does that affect what the guest is doing? Say maybe, you know, SQL kind of is 32 and 64K or, or even if maybe you have a Windows operating and you set the page, um, the page size to, to 32K, but you're, you're, you know, based on whatever you're deduping. Is there, how does that all play out? Yes, great point. So, um, you know, you're likely to get most yield uh, if you are aligned to what the application above is doing. So yes, for example, some database workloads, uh, but fundamentally databases, the amount of dedupe benefit is going to vary there based, based on the application. Like, like I said earlier, if the database is designed properly to minimize duplicate, then you're not going to find much candidates. But even so, if there is, if it's a poorly designed app that has a lot of duplicates in the database, then yes, if the database block size is set to say 16K or 32K, then deduping at that granularity is going to find you a lot of matches um, and it's going to be a sweet spot rather than trying to dedupe at a much finer granularity. And uh, like we already talked about, trying to dedupe at a finer granularity in this kind of a case is not likely to increase your capacity benefit, but you're still going to end up paying for extra metadata and as well as all the performance hits that we talked about such as read amplification, fragmentation of your data and losing spatial locality and for all the internal garbage that's going to be left around in case of an overwrite. So yeah, picking a dedupe size that's well aligned or better still letting the system pick the dedupe size automatically, uh, that's the ideal solution where the irrespective of the workload, the system adaptively figure out uh, what's the best uh, data set to convert to a dedupe format 
uh, what chunk size to dedupe it at and so on and in some sense you're sort of leading up to well how does nutanix uh, does deduplication i suppose yeah because you you've mentioned a lot of problems and i'm probably at this point just going to shut off dedupe and run away from it so how how does nutanix go about um fixing some of those things or at least addressing them sure so our um fundamental design point is that um deduplication must be able to handle any workload whether it is vdi file servers databases and so on but by letting the system make all the intelligent uh, decisions uh, with regards to the cost benefit of deduplicating or compressing and so on so what to store in a deduplicated format uh, in a fine grained broken down manner versus what to store in a non deduplicated format or what block size to deduplicate at uh, when to clear uh, metadata corresponding to fingerprinted regions if if your metadata usage is going on and so on this must all be done adaptively by the system taking into consideration the cost across all the tiers such as cpu ram ssd and hard disk so nutanix offers a suite of data reduction technologies using a bunch of hybrid schemes um, uh, so we have sort of inline and post process compression and adaptive deduplication and like i talk about some of these but the fundamental point is all of nutanix's data reduction techniques are uh, delivered through software all the intelligence it is massively scalable we have um, like the rest of nutanix's distributed file system our data reduction techniques built into it fundamentally are massively scalable elastic and they scale over commodity uh, servers without any hardware crutches and thirdly all of these technologies are are adaptive uh, just to be very clear on that point it is uh, when to dedupe uh, what to dedupe all of those decisions are made by the system in a way that is least impact on the primary workload itself um so just a couple of more points about nutanix's data reduction firstly we are hypervisor agnostic so all of this works across all hypervisors and there is no specialized hardware controllers needed for deduplication or compression it just works on commodity x86 servers and customers often get transparent uh, the earlier versions of nutanix did not have a deduplication feature but when customers upgrade to uh, more newer versions they automatically get the benefits of uh, the improved intelligence in the system and in the next release if we make further optimizations and mm, for example they will automatically continue to reap those benefits just on an upgrade uh, that's that's really nice uh, and technologies are elastic so you might today start with a 3 node cluster or a 4 node cluster and much later add a fifth and data that's coming into those new nodes will dedupe to data sets already present in the system so nutanix's deduplication is is global and it works across all the nodes in your cluster seamlessly but talking about the main approach itself uh with regard to how we do deduplication nutanix uses a unique uh, patented hybrid approach to deduplication so in the ram and flash tier in a sense uh, which is our sort of performance tier where we uh, cache the hot working set of the application from an application or a 
application sitting above point of view, we actually perform inline deduplication. But we do this in an interesting way where we only fingerprint, we compute a strong hash fingerprint of the data coming in. But as such, the data is written undeduped to storage tier, thereby avoiding some of the fragmentation issues and the overwrite issues and read amplification issues that we talked about. So data is kept fingerprinted and then if it is read, then it is deduplicated in the cache which spans the RAM and flash tiers. Essentially, the system is allowing you to cache effectively a much larger logical working set, but without the typical metadata penalties and fragmentation and performance costs of an inline deduplication scheme. Do we, do we take any of the benefits from Intel on doing some of that fingerprinting? Yes, we use uh, the Intel SSE to support to do the fingerprinting in the, yeah, pretty much there are direct hardware support to compute these strong hashes. Is there, do we get further benefit as, like one of the benefits from a Nutanix is, you, you know, you buy what you need when you need it. So we, we just kind of announced uh, Haswell uh, processors being supported. Does that give any additional benefit for, for DDUP and compression? Uh, I'm, I'm not um, offhand sure, but if there are transparent improvements that are happening uh, with the hardware refresh, then we will automatically reap the benefits uh, too. For instance, <clears throat> the API cost of computing this has improved with the newer architectures, uh, then we will we will get those benefits uh, transparently. So one, one interesting thing you were kind of talking about is a hardware crutch versus being in software. Mm -hmm. um, from a performance point of view, I think it's interesting that we don't, you know, we don't have to rely on it for performance. So if there was a workload that couldn't be deduped or compressed, we were still going to get the needed performance versus there are, there are other vendors that if they don't dedupe, they don't get the performance. So I think it's kind of, you kind of get the best of both worlds from what your workload needs. Um, correct. correct. <clears throat> Nutanix fundamentally believes in using commodity building blocks and then riding that curve, whatever transparent improvements happen in, uh, and, and companies like Intel are, uh, you know, continue to improve uh, so the, and cut the costs of these kind of computations, checksum computations and um, Shavan computations. And we, we basically rely on uh, the Intel SSE instruction support to do our processing at a very low overhead in a very low overhead manner. Uh, sort of just going back to Nutanix approach, so we, we talked about how we do inline deduplication in the performance tier, uh, but then uh, in the background is what we do, the post-process deduplication um, for the capacity tier, but we do so only for the high-yield candidates. Like we basically essentially, uh, have algorithms to figure out what candidates are best suited for converting to dedupe format. And we do this in the background using uh, a scalable MapReduce infrastructure. So, um, and that's built on top of a NoSQL database uh, where we keep our metadata and uh, we have a MapReduce infrastructure that we also use for other background jobs like garbage collection and defragmentation. And that's the same infrastructure we, we use for doing post-process compression and deduplication. So this allows us to intelligently select candidates for deduplicating rather than brute force deduplicating uh, all of your data. So one last question before we, we break away, and I know you probably have a different take on it than I do, but 
Um, we are hybrid and we have flash. Um, I think the beauty is if, you know, if DDUP is not working out and you don't want to pay the, the overhead for RAM and SSD and you have capacity, just don't turn it on. Uh, what's your thought on that? Uh, very true. Like, um, deduplication is definitely not a panacea for all uh, workloads and all problems. Uh, especially we have already seen that brute force sort of inland deduplication uh, can be really bad. So, but what Nutanix does is finds a sweet spot where we can adaptively dedupe the right workload. But even so, if you know that inherently capacity is not an issue or you have a very, very latency sensitive application where you are, okay, where sequential read performance and all of that is very, very important to you, then that's something you don't need to turn on. And Nutanix allows you to, for example, uh, configure these, uh, Nutanix allows you to override some of these settings and turn things off. If you have, if you have, if you have the capacity and you're not, and you don't need, you're not really, your cluster is fine, then don't turn it on. Get the best out of performance. And you can always turn on dedupe when you need it, I guess. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Dedupe is not uh, a panacea for all problems. We already saw that brute force dedupe, for example, brute force inline dedupe can often hurt um, systems. And uh, Nutanix's default mode will choose intelligently for you and minimize the impact on the primary workload. Uh, but if the workload is not capacity constrained to begin with, and it is extremely latency sensitive, then by all means go ahead and it, we allow you to turn deduplication off. Uh, so that that's a completely reasonable thing to do. Well, thank thank you very much for your time. I know you're you're busy working on the the next releases uh, for Nutanix, so appreciate that. Um, if people want to um, get a glimpse of the the blog post that uh, Kanan had has written, it uh, it's up on the blog. We'll put that in the show notes. And uh, thanks again. Thank you, Dwin. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow Nutanix on Twitter for the latest news and announcements. Subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you're so inclined, please review or rate us on iTunes. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or have a topic idea, let us know at community at Nutanix.com. I'm Angela Luciani. I'm Laura Whelan. See you next time.